All right, welcome into the Into the Dark podcast. I'm your host, Brad Heath, as always, and we have been trying to put this one together for a while. Um, author Ethan Richards is here. He's going to share with us his new book, Call Lake. That's K-A-W Lake, Call Lake. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of the other stuff that he's done. Um, before we get to Ethan, though, I want to mention tonight's sponsor, uh, New Noise Magazine. It's on stands now. You can go pick it up. Um, you know, six ninety five. You can't find magazines for six ninety five anymore. So if you're in the um, music genre, you like punk music, you like uh, Henry Rollins, um, the the Descendants, Anti Flag, uh, No FX, any of those guys, they're all in here. This is a really cool issue. They've got a poster inside, which magazines don't do anymore either. But uh, New Noise does it. Uh, you want to go check them out. That's going to be a great issue one to keep and they've been around for a little while this is not just a one-off so make sure you go check them out i found it at uh, books a million so go find it they're online they're also on facebook all right let's jump in it i mean i've tried to get you on multiple times we've talked about it we've tried to work out our schedules we're finally here yeah this is it we finally get to do it i i'm very excited this is going to be cool because uh ethan richards author um, he's also a member of the uh, Army National Guard, and uh, man, this this is something that I think our readers are gonna, or our listeners are gonna love. I mean, they're gonna, you know, they're book people like me, and every time we have an author on, I know I know sales get a little bump, so that's good. Um, tell me, you've got an event coming up. I know you're gonna be doing a book signing. You've already done some of those as well, but you've got one coming up, right? Uh, I've got two coming up. So the first one is gonna be on the 19th from two to four, and that's gonna be in Cost City at the Cod Nation Library. Gotcha. And so that's gonna be there. So that was really exciting. That's the first. So every other time, like uh, as an author, like you're also like an entrepreneur and you're also an opportunist. And so you're like, hey, can I go to, can I sell books here? And so this is the first time someone uh, approached me and said, hey, you want to sell books here? And so Con Nation uh, Library said, hey, we're trying to open up and we're trying to do good things. Do you want to come do a book signing here? And I was like, uh, yes. And so, which is really cool because the story takes place in Cost City. Uh, so they, they opened up the library to me. I'm doing a signing there on the 19th from 2 to 4 at the Con Nation Library. And then uh, Gardner's Bookstore here in Tulsa. That will be from uh, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, this Saturday. Yeah, and anyone that's in the Tulsa area will know Gardner's for sure. Uh, 4421 South Mingo Road in Tulsa, gardnersbooks.com. That's Gardeners with an S, not Gardner. But they are super busy on Saturdays. I can only imagine you're going to have customer after customer, and you're signing them as well, which is great. So you can get a signed copy, and I'm sure um, Gardeners will probably want to put a few on their shelves. Um, Cost City as well. So that's awesome, man. That's good stuff. And if people want to find you, where do they go? Um, so I've got a pretty decent uh, social media presence. So if you... Uh, um, it, it's really easy to find because uh, like the names have, I've done a good job with the working with, with people. I've done a good uh, job on the name. So the first, if you just Google the dark Lord of Oklahoma, it's going <laughs> to pop up, but our, I'm going to put that on the, that's going to be our, our label for tonight's show. We, we had the dark Lord of Oklahoma. In. Yeah. And then, so for Facebook, it's just www.facebook.com 
uh, slash Oki Orcs. So that's Orcs, O-R-C-S, Oki Orcs. And that's how you'll get to the Facebook and uh, uh, Instagram. You can get it from through that Facebook. So if you just uh, Google Ethan Richards, the Dark Lord of Oklahoma, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And then uh, obviously I got the Amazon author page as well. Um, I haven't really established a website, but I've noticed like with the social media pages, I don't really have to because we're already right there. Yeah. And then, um, so that that's that's the easy way. Just Google it, uh, um, and so it's it's right there. Uh, the Dark Lord of Oklahoma. Yeah, we're gonna get into the the Dark Lord and the Dark Elf series, which is the the sequel to the Dark Lord. We're gonna get into those and call, you're from Oklahoma, right? Yeah, born and uh, raised. Yeah, I was born in Oklahoma City, but uh, grew up in uh, Ponca City. So I graduated Ponca City. Um, a lot of a lot of good memories there. And like that's that's why there's a lot of stuff that takes place in uh, Ponca City in my books. And um, I grew up like like you, obviously, like with all the uh, the media uh, posters in here. I, I grew up watching Godzilla and and reading Lord of the Rings. And I was like, it'd be cool to set that stuff in my hometown. Right. So the the culminating event in uh, the Dark Lord of Oklahoma is a huge shootout between orcs, elves, and uh, nomads in the Marlin Mansion. So that's that's that was a lot of fun to write and put together. Do they so, tear down the Pioneer Woman statue? That's what I want to know. Uh, uh, no, not not in the story. Okay, no. good, good, no. good. Um, and for those that don't know, um, it's Po High. That's what you call it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Your high school Po High. Po High. Yeah, Po High. And the other thing that's cool about Home of the Wildcats. Yes. Uh, the other thing that is cool about Po High is it's IHOP spelled backwards. Maybe I shouldn't say that because it's, it's probably copyrighted or trademarked. But uh, we did our prom at the Marlin Mansion. So, like, I'll talk to other people like, dude, we did our prom at our cafeteria. And, like, dude, we did our prom at a castle. Yeah. Like, yeah. a Robert Baron castle. Like, I've always thought that was so cool. Well, you're you're a few years out of high school. But, I mean, what do your what do some of your friends, your classmates think about what you're doing with these books? Um, so... My one of my my they've all been uh, supportive. So because like I learned early on is like I'm not going to like if you listen to a lot of rap videos and a lot of rap music, they talk about haters and it's like, oh, these haters. But like I don't hang out with like the quote unquote haters. So the friends that I have are, are supportive anyways. Uh, so uh, my my friend Kelsey Moore, he was he really helped me. Uh, marched the ball down the field with Dark Lord of Oklahoma. So he was one of my beta readers, and I'd write something, and I'd send it to him. So he did every single chapter with me. And he, like, also had to tell me, like, no, you need to delete this chapter. And so, like, I think I'm probably – I've deleted a lot of chapters in my lifetime. And, like, he – but he walked me down the field – uh, with that, and he was an awesome beta reader. And then my, uh, I, I've had a lot of friends. And then uh, Dallas Ketchum, um, he uh, he was the best man in my my wedding. Uh, he helped me out. He helped me understand a lot of the computer stuff. And his wife's into marketing, and uh, so he's been able to help me out a lot. So my friends have uh, been really supportive. Uh, and then like, man, it gets weird. Like, because everyone everyone always jokes about authors having weird search histories. Sure. Uh, but like the thing that like I'm gonna ask friends like random weird questions at random hours, and then so it's like hey like 
Luckily, I, I don't have any friends just yet that are uh, funeral directors, but that one's going to be like, because like stuff that's got to happen, like you need to know about a funeral home and like the, all the logistics of yeah. being a mortician and all that stuff. Uh, so luckily I haven't bothered any of those friends, but um, like at, constantly asking people uh, questions, like it's like being an author's friend, you got to put up with that stuff. And like, you'll, they'll like, dude, are you taking notes on this? Like, yes. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, but my friends have been really supportive and it's, it's really helped me out. Um, they, um, yeah. So like, didn't you uh, kill them all off? I I've killed pretty much all my friends off and, and when, <laughs> and let, let, let's but you change their names, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes, sort of. yeah, I changed their last names, but like my friends will read it. And so it, it's been fun. Um, and then like, I don't know, it, it's been a blast and like, cause I've been out of Oklahoma for a while. So this is like my way to come back home and my way to reconnect with friends and family sure. is, uh, through the writing. So yeah. it's like, you know, that's, that's one way that I, I still connect with them in a weird way. Yeah. It's like, Hey, yeah. I, you just got killed off by a monster in my novel. Like, <laughs> right. I hope you appreciate it. Right. Well, and if it's ever made into a movie one day, they would definitely appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, Thanks for ripping my legs off. Somebody playing them in a movie would be be cool. Yeah. Um, did you grow up? Did you know you had this ability to kind of put words together and have it make sense? Um. So, I, uh, I would say yes, but in a humble way, because like, um, uh, I I thought. I don't think anyone's as smart as they think they are when they're like a teenager. Sure. So like. But even when I was a teenager, there was like there was a kid in my high school. Uh, you had Jared Rochefort from my high school that went on and became the winningest heavyweight in at Oklahoma State University. Right. Then there was a, a kid named Kent Dennis who went on and like uh, it was an amazing, amazing violin player. And then I had a friend, um, uh, and she was the first chair viola player at. Oklahoma State University all four years of high wow. school. And then I remember I remember in the eighth grade, Zach Frederick could dunk a basketball. So for me to be like, yeah, I was I always knew I was awesome. Like, no. Like Dallas's name is familiar. Did he? Dallas Ketchum. Uh he uh uh it went it's a unique name and then uh he he played uh on club soccer at the University of Central Oklahoma. Okay. And so it was kind of funny because he was a little bit younger than me. And Middle school, high school, that's always weird because people are still developing, still yeah. growing. And uh, in middle school, he was tiny. And now he's as tall as me. And, like, in college sports, college club sports, which is, like, club sports is a little bit – it's not intramural. It's still intramural where they're playing other teams. Right. Like, he was getting hat tracks against foreign soccer players. Yeah. Hat tricks, like, getting three three goals. So, like um, – He's a teacher in Putnam City and got his master's degree. So, like, there was a lot of humbling processes going to high school yeah, with some of those people. Right. So I wouldn't say, like, oh, I knew I was good. But, like, there was a few things that I thought, well, this is what I'm I'm decent at. It's like, one, I would uh, get decent uh, grades in my English classes. Um, but you don't have to be good at English to become a writer. And that is, like, another conversation. But, um uh, I was decent at that, and then I've always kind of had uh, ability to network random around random people because I did orchestra, but I also did football. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people in Ponca City do that, um, uh, or, or they did when I was growing up. So like, 
a very diverse group of interests around a lot of different people. Right. So I, I, I always wanted to write a book and, and then my wife really kicked it into gear and she's, um, I always had the, had it in the back of my mind, but she's like the, uh, the one that really pushed me forward. Nice. So kind of knew I always wanted to do it, but, uh, I never thought I was like, I'm going to be the best ever. Cause I, I want to write books. I want to, uh, Stephen King's mom coined the, Pointing the phrase uh, "good trash," right. like in his book on writing, she would pick up a book, read it. She's like, "Oh, this is trash. This is trash." And she, some books, she'd be like, "This is good trash," <laughs> and that's what I want to write. Right. So, like, I want to write good trash. So, well, it, it's it's uh, stuff that I think. I mean, it's always been interesting. You, know, you can go back even before Stephen King, and you know, people were always interested in this type of genre. But now it's just like ramped up. It's just like people just want more and more and more. So I think you're you're traveling down the right path for sure. Yeah. Are, are, are you finding that and like the response that you get when you put stuff out? Um, so that's an interesting question because I, and I wanted to point out one thing. Uh, and, and sorry, I kind of bounce all over. No, the you're place. good. You're good. Bounce, bounce away. Uh, but so new noise. And you, you talked about punk rock. Um, right. I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast and Rob Zombie was on. And Rob Zombie, if I understand right, Rob Zombie started out in punk rock and then got into metal. Yeah. And then the Beastie Boys, they started off in punk rock and then got into rap. Right. And so, like, like you can be loyal to a genre, but in that podcast, Rob Zombie said that he would hear people that say, hey, we're super loyal to this group. And he would say, yeah, I can tell because all, all your songs sound like them. Right. And so, like, first... Uh, the Dark Lord of Oklahoma and Dark Alpha Oklahoma, I would call those more like urban fantasy. Um, so that's what I was trying to uh, get into. Um, and then Kyle Lake, I would call that kaiju or like uh, my publisher calls it a paleo thriller. Okay. And um, so that, I think I've done better with that genre in some ways than the Dark Lord and the Dark Elf. But uh, they're kind of a little bit different. Um, it's the difference to me, like between Lord of the Rings and um, like Jurassic Park. Like yeah. there's there's still some similar. Like they both have maps at the beginning of the book, <laughs> right. but um, but like trying to find the genre. And I think the uh, I think the paleo thriller, like for books. Um, listening to my my publisher, Mike Osola, he said like, like that's where because he's. He's tried to do a zombie novel and some other things, and he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do paleo thriller. So he's kind of did that thing where Rob Zombie was like, I like punk rock, but metal is where I, I yeah. found that's my niche. Right, that's your so, lane. Yeah, it's it, it's cool because in in the Dark Lord series and Dark Elf, you you kind of self describe it as you know orcs and AK 47s It's like this <laughs> mix of like dungeons and dragon stuff with like modern warfare and you yeah. kind of throw it all together yeah did, did you did you dream this shit up or did you i'm like like how how did you come up so so just so everybody knows let, let's do this real quick since we're going to jump into that first um the dark lord of oklahoma an unconventional story uh 2020 was its release i think is what i saw uh 4.3 out of five stars on amazon um you love Star Wars. You love Lord of the Rings. You live in rural USA. This is the book for you, man. Orcs, elves, and AK-47s, modern-day Oklahoma. Um, 
that that's that's a mix. That's yeah. like throw it in the bag and mix it up and see yeah. what comes out. Yeah. And but like what is nice is um man, I learned a lot in I, I got a degree in business from University of Central Oklahoma and I did learn a lot there, but I went to a comic book convention and they had the writers talk and I learned so much about business there and one of the things they talk about is genre. And so comic books are like very, very strict about, not, I wouldn't say strict, but they, they've got genre. So like your Green right. Lantern fan is not the same as your Batman fan. Right. Because uh, one's space opera and one is noir. And um, I'm kind of doing the opposite of what they said to do. <laughs> but the, like with comic book movies, um, people have, People are, I, I think, are more accepting of the what I would call weird fiction, where you right. mix a bunch of genres together. Right. Uh, and so that's what I wanted to do. Um, so the idea for this, uh, I just remember uh, reading Lord of the Rings, watching some of the movies, and they talk about the elves being immortal. I was like, well, if the elves are immortal, that would mean they'd be around now, you know? Right. And so then I just, that was kind of the, the catalyst. I had written something like this when I was 16. And it, uh, it, it like, I, I feel like for writing, you sometimes need more life experience. Uh, so then, but I didn't want it to be like just a, a blatant Lord of the Rings ripoff. It would probably sell better if it did, if it was. <laughs> but um, so anyways, I, I wanted to, uh, just mix some things and then um, it wasn't I remember when I was in high school I saw the movie uh, Dagon mm -hmm. H.P. Lovecraft and so you got uh, so there was the Lord of the Rings that was obviously influential and then I started reading a little bit of the Lovecraft and like the weird kind of scary stuff like that and I wanted to mix those together yeah. and then um, being in the military I, was, I always wanted people I think now people are more accepting of like weird fiction, but people also want when they watch a movie like John Wick, they want to see people having their finger along the slide and being safe with the safety. And like, so that's hilarious if you think about it, because there's a lot of crazy stuff in John Wick, but all of the, their weapons are, their tactics are, are pretty decent. I think I'm not a, uh, I've had some tactical training, but I'm not like a, I, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a guru at all, but like, that's what people want. And so I wanted some of that. So I wanted like, Hey, we're going to open up with, uh, like a, a, a bow and arrow as our most casualty producing weapon. And that, that bow like always has BBs in it. So it's like, kind of like a, a Claymore mine. And <laughs> so like it, it's silly, but what Stephen King says, the fiction is the, the truth and the lie. And, it might be all over the place, but I, I hope it comes across as a coherent thought. Yeah. Although some people would disagree with that. <laughs> well, I, you know, I love the fact that you that you throw in, you know, two two what you would think on the surface would be two totally different different things, mm -hmm. and that you saw the fact that yeah, I, I you know, Lord of the Rings, the elves, they they don't die; they live forever, basically, and yeah. and. And of course, why wouldn't they be here? You know, they're somewhere. Yeah. They're hiding. They're whatever. They're in yeah. plain sight. Um, and so it, it definitely, it definitely makes sense. And I think if you're a fan of that style or like modern day warfare style stuff, or like um, like Badlands or Warrior or something like that, then I think you would be a fan of of the blending of the two. 
Yeah. Know? So it makes sense. It makes sense. You put out um, The Dark Elf of Oklahoma, an unconventional sequel in 2022. Um, I looked it up today. 4.9 stars on Amazon. And this is not three reviews. I mean, you're double-digit yeah. reviews on these. Um, and uh, you, you've got to be proud of, of, of those two and how they can stand on their own. Their own kind of genre. Yeah. Uh, the Dark Elf of Oklahoma. Uh, and so, like, what's funny is, like, as you learn about this, like, kind of industry, and, like, I'm still just doing it as a hobby, but, like, you're not supposed to have favorites and, and things like that. But I would say Dark Elf of Oklahoma, that one's my favorite because it's um, – I, I felt like it was the Dark Lord of Oklahoma matured a little bit. Sure. Because, uh, like, there are some story arcs, but, like, in my English class, they taught us that a story is not complete until the main character is changed. And the main characters do change. And then um, the Dark Elf of Oklahoma, it's uh, – I wouldn't say it's like – I know, like, uh, a, uh, there's a lot of fiction that wants to turn tropes on their heads a little bit. Like, what is it? Uh, I haven't – where, where they just want to change things up and then there's but people are still fans of this people like terry brooks where they yeah. like they want i wouldn't call it formulaic but know what they're getting into i think it's somewhere in between yeah and um the dark elf oklahoma uh without giving away too many spoilers is one of the antagonists of the first book becomes more of a protagonist yeah. and a good guy so i thought that was that's what i had really was uh what I really liked about it, and I uh, and th that's why it's uncon an unconventional sequel is because you see the bad guy start working with the good guys right, against right. the badder guy. Yeah, sometimes you root for the bad guy. Yeah, you know, um, thinking in in television, and I watch and Aaron will crack up because I watch Breaking Bad nonstop. I think. Yeah. You you, you kind of start rooting for the bad guy, and then you're not. And it's just you know one of those things. You know, in writing, I've always been taught, and I do. I do uh, scripts, so I don't sit to write a novel or a novella. I do a I do a script, and you got to put your main character through the ringer. You yeah. just have to, yeah. and then see them come out on the other side. You know, Aaron, what was the guy's name that did the uh, the 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 most recent King Kong Godzilla? You remember his? So he was asked. Because he grew up, like we did, monster movie fan. I yeah. love monster movies. Yeah. Um, love Godzilla. I'm trying to get all of them, even the early ones from the 50s and 60s. But um, he, you got his name? Adam Wingard. Adam Wingard. Adam was asked, would you ever do another monster movie? Would you ever do like another Godzilla or King Kong? And... Uh, He's, he stole a line from someone else who probably stole it from someone else. He said, yeah, absolutely I would because now I know how to make it. Oh, that's hilarious. After making one. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's like, now I know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so in, in an interview, he said the scene in that movie where you know Godzilla and King Kong are screaming at each other like face yeah. to face. Mm -hmm. He said, that's when every monster movie fan, that, that's when the hair stands up on the back of your neck because that's what you've waited for. That's yeah. what you got. That's the payoff, right? Yeah. Even though it's not even at the end of the movie or the no, it's no. it's just there and it, it's so hearing you know how you come up with this i mean what is your process when you sit down to write something so that's changed earlier so um i started like i always had the idea in my head i started writing a little bit uh when i was dating my wife um but it was kind of hard to juggle 
Um, and then I've always heard this is that like if a college student, if someone gets married while they're in college, their grades actually get better. Somebody pushing them. Yeah. And so like, um, I was always kind of all over the place. I got married and then I was like, okay, I'm going to really kicked it in the high gear. So I started reading a lot and I started doing a lot of research. And so, uh, I've been told there's two types of plotters. There's the plotters, like, uh, my, one of my favorite authors is James Elroy. Yeah. He wrote uh, Black Dahlia and L.A. Confidential. And they said that the rumor that, well, he, he said this on a, a YouTube clip that I watched, that he has a thousand page outline. Now, he says a lot of ridiculous things yeah. too. So I don't know if that's true. But the point is, is he like does a lot of planning on the, but then on the flip side of that, you have Stephen King and he is what's called a pantser. And I don't know what that means. And I don't even, I think you spell it P-A-N-C-E-R or like flying by the seat of your pants. So plotters versus pantsers. And um, originally I was a plotter, but I've become a pantser um, because uh, I, I, I think I understand plot just a little bit from watching enough movies and things yeah. like that. And now it's uh, going scene by scene. Right. And um, because Stephen King, like he's in his book, he says that his least favorite part of the book. Now, I, I love the marketing part, but his least favorite part of the book is when he finishes it. Because like for him, it's like watching a movie. It's like, OK, I know where this is going. Yeah. Um, so originally I was a plotter and now I'm more of a pantser. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I do a little of both. I, I, I like to have a, an initial outline to get my initial thought down so that I can refer back to it mm -hmm. at any time. Yeah. But when I sit down to pound it out, it usually just, I just go. Yeah. And yeah. then I'll go back days later. Look, because I don't know, you, you might devote X number of minutes or hours a day or whatever I'm not that way. I'll do like hardcore, like 18 hours or 12 oh, wow. hours, and then yeah. I'm gone for, for 15 days. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I come back to it. Um, but I like to have that original outline with my original mm -hmm. thoughts so I can go back and look. Do you do you find that that's helpful for you, or do you just go at it? Um, right now, I just kind of go at it. But um, it was funny because, like I said, I was a military officer, uh, or still am. But um, the first book I had a a concept statement and a concept sketch right. yeah. and an actual decisive point listed out in my novel. And the purpose of this novel is to give a therapeutic to release through a urban fantasy depicting orcs and elves in modern day Oklahoma. Something like, like that. Sounds like you're in the military. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh man. Like, um, and I, I've had to get away from that too. It's cause like people, don't always want to hear the decisive operations when the, like the, that doesn't read as fun as yeah. you think it would. Yeah. Uh, but um, so, no, so like the first one, like literally had a power, I had a like 54 slide PowerPoint for the Dark Lord of Oklahoma. And now like, I just uh, kind of wing it. And right. the novel that I have coming out next uh, month is uh, Meth Gator. And that's right. the name, like yes. meth, methamphetamine, the drug. And Breaking Gator. news. Yeah, Meth Gator. So Meth Gator is coming out uh, either next month or uh, July. And that one was, hey, I'm watching a movie in my head. And so, like, I knew where uh, Call Lake ended. And I originally was not thinking about doing a sequel to Call Lake. Right. And then my publisher's like, all right, I got Call Lake. I think we, I think this is going to be okay. Now go work on the sequel. I'm like, oh, oh okay. 
So it was, it was fun. So, so you didn't have to pitch Meth Gator. You just said, this is what I'm doing? Yeah, yeah. And so and they and, thumbs up. They're green light. Go ahead. Yeah. And that's what's cool about um, nowadays is because um, so in 2000, I think it was either 2011 or 2012, there's a huge zombie phase, but that's completely besides the point. There's always a vampire phase. It, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so zombies were big, but the thing that was huge in 2011, 2012 is Amazon went through like a self-publishing renaissance. Yes. And so that's huge. So, uh, and there's, you know, the word aluminum, how people mess that up. I've been trying to, I've been thinking about this word, uh, democratization, democratization, we like, when like something that's been like away from people gets in people's hands, right? Like a grassroots movement, democratization, something grassroots. Yeah. Like. So, uh, publishing has become more of a grassroots movement now. And, um, like I'll still hear some, like I, I met a guy at a audiobook store one time and he's like, well, you don't want to self publish cause traditional publishers might look down on that. And I was like, oh, well, I'm, almost 40 like i'm that's not what I, i'm not trying to get with tour fantasy or anything like that like i, I like self-publishing because you yeah. can you can make a change right on the spot and uh my my publisher um he he knew he knows like he's got a lot of ideas about the market and he like i can text him and he can text me back which right. is really cool yeah and so, like, that's that democratis, like the grassroots yeah. movement. Right. And so that's that's really cool. So he he like call like and he's like, okay, I, I trust you with this other one. Let's do Meth Gator. Yeah. And like there was because Asylum is doing a movie called Meth Gator, but uh, so we're trying like so it's kind of interesting because we're having to uh, study kind of the legal stuff of it. Right. Um, because that's really interesting. So we have the story copyrighted. Um, so like it, it's fun, but Meth Gator should be coming out next month. And it's, um, it's a sequel to Call Lake and in a lot of ways it ties right into it. Yeah. So, but that one, like there wasn't, uh, there wasn't a concept statement and concept sketch. It was, it was watching a movie. Shoot from the hip. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, and that's, what's funny. But that's is, what a Meth Gator should be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Meth Gator should be shooting from the hip. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you mentioned Cocaine Bear. Did you get to watch it? Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah. I, I, I watched it. Um, I had actually heard about the, that story, I think a little bit before the movie came out. Mm -hmm. um, it like the, the, the movie is, uh, obviously a fictional account, but um, there was a, I forgot the guy's name, but if you, you look it up, you can find it. It's uh, Meth Gator. And there was a Tennessee uh, sheriff or police chief that said, hey, don't flush your drugs down the toilet because it can end up, uh, we don't want Meth Gators. <laughs> and like, and he was joking. He was joking. Like, I don't know the, like, I'm sure there was like, because I've learned in law enforcement, like people kind of have to have a, a, a weird sense of humor. Otherwise, like it hurts sure. their brain. Yeah. Like, like the levity has to be there. Uh, so anyways, he said uh, he was the one that kind of coined the term meth gator. Uh, and then and then what's funny is so it's funny. And then I think it was Nashville Zoo or some other zoo said, like, we have literally never heard of a meth gator before. Like this is, doesn't Sorry happen. Had to counteract what he yeah, said. Like no, that that will not happen. That's not real. Yeah, and so like that was kind of the idea. Um, but like, like I said, and the other thing that I uh, I want I want to write good trash, but I want 
I want my books to be like an unmarked swimming pool where sometimes they're surprisingly deep. Yeah. And um, so my dad, uh, my dad was an amazing conversationalist. And my dad had this weird way of, he was really interested in the bubonic plague. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you'd be talking. And then like, you would, and like anyone that knows my dad will, will probably be like, holy cow, he, every time I talk to him, like we were talking about the bubonic plague, like for so many years and I didn't even catch it. Uh, but anyways, he could sneak the uh, conversations about the bubonic plague into whatever topic was being discussed. Yeah, yeah. And so that was really cool. So like, and then I had an uncle that was an amazing conversationalist too. And I wanted to take that and kind of put those into the books. Cause uh, one thing I like, um, and, and that's, what's fun about writing is it's like creative, um, like, so sports, uh, on the, on the Joe Rogan podcast, he was talking with Jay Leno one time and Jay Leno says every boxing story ends in tragedy. So you have like Muhammad Ali, but if you've watched the Muhammad Ali, uh, Larry Holmes fight, like yeah. that's the most depressing thing ever. Right. Like yeah, what? No, it is. It's like it's awful. Yeah. It's like I haven't seen the movie Steel Magnolias, but I've heard it's like miserable. That's why Mike Tyson, uh, Tyson punished Larry Holmes. Yeah. For what he did to Ali. Yeah. Yeah. And and like, but and I feel sorry for Larry Holmes because like in the in the documentary, he'll like boom throw an uppercut and then turn to the ref and say, "Stop this! I'm killing him. Like right. this is not fun." So, anyways, Jay Leno says like every boxing story ends in tragedy. Oh, I, I still like combat sports, watching combat sports. And he said, but the, the cool thing about comedy is, like, you don't have to be the best. It's like people that like Andy Kaufman right. would rather watch Andy Kaufman than Dave Chappelle, probably. And it's saying yeah. a lot. Dave Chappelle's yeah. probably, uh, or Dane Cook, like like the, the guys that you think of the best stand-up comedians. Uh, Andy Kaufman was really weird, yeah. but his comedy would, his uh, his audience would have been like yeah that's it that's where it's at all geniuses in their own way yeah, yeah. but different yeah and totally that's what different. I, yeah and so like being the best trying to be the best is really exhausting i, I don't I, I think it's kind of unhealthy yeah. um so that's what's cool about creative writing but anyways they they always say hey keep it short and sweet uh when you're writing but if you read uh um three guys that i can think of is uh, Tolkien, <laughs> Michael Crichton, and Terry Brooks. And a lot of their descriptions are very, very dense. Right. And, like, I love how Michael Crichton will go on a rant. Right. Like, right. in Jurassic Park, he starts talking about how, like, managers like to yell at people. He's like, it doesn't matter if you're, like, like Disneyland or wherever or on a Navy SEAL, like, your boss wants to yell at you. Right. And, like, it doesn't do any good. And, like, it's, like, and it's funny because you know that he was, like, thinking through it. And um, so, like, uh, now my beta readers, I use uh, I use a beta reader uh, website. Um, they'll, like, they always get on to me, but I do like to ramble a little bit sometimes. And, like, with Call Lake, I, I try to find, like, what I would call, like, economical ways where it was yeah. a little bit of rambling but yeah. not too up. Well, and, and, and it's, it's your own style, ultimately. I mean, yeah. Whatever you're putting down is going to be – your own style. There was a, a professional surfer named uh, Larry Bertelman, and he once coined this. And I don't know if he took it from somebody or whatever, but he would he would draw a circle, and he did this with kids when he would talk to them. And mm -hmm. he'd say, "Now draw draw that circle," you know. And the kid would try to you know draw his circle, 
or what they think the circle should look like for Larry. Yeah. And he'd say, just draw your circle. Don't try to draw my circle. You draw your circle. And yeah. you get all these circles on one page, and they're all different in some form or fashion, right? Yeah. They're not perfect. They're all, they all got their little squiggly lines somewhere. And that, and that, to me, was something that I heard years ago. And so I, so I, I, I knew I could pull pieces from other people mm-hmm. that, I, that okay. I liked and that I could maybe lean on or use or steal. But ultimately, it's just you. Yeah. These books are you. Yeah. Somewhere up here in that head of yours. Yeah. All that stuff is up there. And somehow Meth Gator's up there, too. Yeah. I had a friend uh, that was, uh, he was trying to describe me to his wife, and I had never met his wife. And he's like, man, I sat around and thinking about it. And he's like, all right, here's how we describe um, Phil's my actual name. Ethan Richards, my pen name. He's like, here's how we describe Phil. He's like, difficult to describe but strangely endearing i was like okay yeah that makes sense that's not quite an insult i don't think a so little you're good. yeah you're yeah good. and then i i've joked to people about uh my books and i said dark lord of oklahoma dark elf of oklahoma you may regret reading it but you won't forget reading it right. so like i think i read dark lord of oklahoma I was like no you would know yeah. So. Yeah, you would. You you do you ever want to get into the movie business? You think? Oh, um, I think yes. So like uh, the guy I'm working with, Mike Asola, um, he has had correspondence with some places, and then so I thought that was really cool and that's really exciting. But um, I he, think he does his own publishing or he has yeah, a yeah, he's my publisher. Oh, uh, so Primal Publishing. Primal. Mm-hmm. Primal, Primal Publishing. publishing. Uh, and so he's talked to a few uh, places, but um, like I, I like seeing the new movies on Tubi and Amazon. And there's a uh, movie that I saw. Uh, I think I saw it during the uh, COVID uh, pandemic. It was like called Conga, or uh, and it, it's not the '60s Conga, mm-hmm. which like there's right. a King Kong knockoff, but it's a, a Bigfoot movie. And it has the best practical effects I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And like, it was just uh, like, and when I saw that, I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Cause like, um, there's a lot of CGI in movies, but I think like, if you did like grassroots move, I would love to like work with some company here in Oklahoma and get as many people uh, in the process from Oklahoma as possible. So that'd be like, this is a grassroots production with grassroots fans. So like, um, like it would be cool to like I know when Twister came here, like a lot of people were in Oklahoma were involved. Yeah. But I would like to like something like that where it was because like the making and and the coordination yeah. uh, would be really cool. Um, but there's uh, Aerostorm Entertainment. That's who I thought like would be Dark Lord of Dark Elf Oklahoma. But I haven't been able to hear anything back. Uh, but yeah, I, I would like to. But like surprisingly. Um, and this will sound weird, but I would like to do something like more independent than mainstream, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like sure. I would, I would much rather my movies be on Tubi or Amazon Prime yeah. than on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, like I said, that's but that's just my personality, and I but I, I think those would match my market a little bit more. They're filming uh, Twister Two. I think they're calling it Twisters yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it's up and it's a production up and running now and. Uh, you mentioned Bigfoot. We have uh, another project that I'm involved with 
called the Kaimishi Project. Yeah. That's, you know, somewhere in its pre-production stage. Funding is, is everything. At, look, it's a miracle a movie ever gets made. Yeah. At, from the big boys at Paramount down to an indie guy who's spending $10,000 or nothing to get one made. Yeah. It's a miracle it ever happens. Yeah. That's how hard they are to make. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I'm still learning a lot because I thought it would be different, but... Um, like marketing books, I'm like, there's still so much that I can learn there. Um, but the ebook thing is a game changer for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, if you can publish, if you can e-publish and just get it out there, mm-hmm. I mean, that's one way of, of people, you know, cause content's king right now. Yeah. I mean, just finding people who can write and finding new authors and new writers. I yeah. That's what everybody's looking for. Yeah. And, and that's what I think is kind of interesting. Um, is like I like my stuff because it's set in Oklahoma, and I think it's for a specific. Uh, I think it's for Okies, but at the same time, like what's weird about books is uh, what is it? I know the company Volvo. Mm-hmm. They said Volvo like knows the type of shoes that their customers wear, mm-hmm. and I thought writing I would be able to do that. I'd be like, okay, I'm writing for. Uh, nerdy veterans or nerdy servicemen mm. but the reality is is like you you don't know like it's you, uh, like targeting and trying to find out who you're writing for is a little bit more difficult so yeah. you go with this genre because uh, one of my friends uh, and like I consider a mentor um, he's he's in the New Mexico Army National Guard with me and he, he writes under the name Whiskey Flowers he said I thought I was writing uh, historical fantasy for like history nerds right. like some some guy like me and they said i get emails from uh grandmothers in south africa saying when's the sequel coming out right. i was like yeah. what well it's like with this podcast um i thought you know this is going to be a 30 something to 50 something male dominated audience it's not yeah the majority of the audience is female oh really and um you know the topic really doesn't matter. It gets about the same number of plays for every show, whether it's Gentry Anderson talking about her UFO encounters, or mm-hmm. it's you talking about a book, or it's I've got somebody on the phone talking about Dogman down in Lawton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, it gets the same number of plays. And so what I've loved is that you mentioned, you know, South Africa. We can be played anywhere. And we've yeah. got... I mean, it will show you in your analytics, you know, there's countries all over the place. Costa Rica's big for us. Japan's big. Really? So, I mean, it's a growing global audience. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with e-publishing. Yeah. And it's it, like, you, you don't know. It's like, what? And then, like like I said, like Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie and Beastie Boy starting out in punk and then going completely else. It's like, you need to follow, like, because I, I love Lord of the Rings, but I, I like, I liked Godzilla too. Like, that's what I grew up with. Uh, but like finding colleague, the the ebook itself is selling more than my other ebooks. So it's been kind of interesting, like trying to figure out what yeah. niche. And my friend uh, Whiskey Flowers, he was talking. He's like, "You want to know a secret?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." He's like, "I like westerns more than I like fantasy." I'm like <laughs> what? And he's written like 50 books in fantasy, and they're all selling really well. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I like, I like Westerns more. But, like, you hear that. Like, I know uh, Frank Sinatra was a huge uh, Pavarotti fan and loved mm-hmm. opera. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not as good as him. I'm like, what? You're Frank Sinatra. Right, but, right. I don't know. Close enough. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. And and one of the things that uh, that I've enjoyed as a as a writer is getting some of that feedback. You know, when yeah. somebody reads something that you've done and they're like, "Man, that was really good." You know, yeah. you're like, "Thanks." You know, I yeah. appreciate that. So when you're at the book signing, you get that interaction with the reader. Do you try to give them or try to explain to them, you know, something about the book or like what's a typical person come up? What you know, what's the question they give you the most? Um, so I haven't had like the my interactions have mainly been online because yeah. uh, COVID was happening a lot. So like the book signing I did was when I first self published my book in 2018, and then I did one in um, uh, 2021. But that was I did that in Virginia, and Virginia is not Oklahoma, so Dark Lord Oklahoma. I wouldn't say it was a miss at all, but it wasn't like, oh yeah. So, uh, and those were my first books. But um, like the main thing a lot of people get is like, hey, I love that it's set in Oklahoma. And like uh, someone wrote on Amazon, like I'm from Kiefer, Oklahoma. Like it's cool. I live by Kiefer Castle, and there was a scene there. Yeah. And that's that's what people really like, and. The point that I'm trying to make with geography, it, it's not geography is cool, but geography is really about the people. Right. And then, like we talk about this on the on the military side of the house, is the how does how does terrain interact with people, and like the geography, like I love it because it's Oklahoma and I'm from here, but I really I'll, I use the geography to connect with those people. So people really people really like when you set a story in their yeah. their hometown or a place that they find interesting. Yeah, and like Reservation Dogs, the mm-hmm. TV show that shot down in Okmulgee. Yeah, um, and Bags and some other places. Um, people in Oklahoma love it. Yeah, I mean they like claim it as that's ours. You know, yeah. that is our stuff. Just like they claim Twister. Yeah, yeah. When uh, Killers of the Flower Moon come out, you know, that'll be a big deal. Martin Scorsese's movie. Yeah. Um, anything that's done here in Oklahoma, because Oklahoma is a, it's, it's a growing state. I know mm-hmm. people that have moved here from California recently. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it's kind of like the smallest big city you'll ever live in, mm-hmm. Tulsa and Oklahoma City. And then you've got these surrounding areas, these pockets where you've maybe got a military base or you've got, you know, growing populations. And um, it's not like anywhere else in the country. I've lived no. in Delaware, Texas, California. Um, I've spent time in Mississippi. Yeah. There, People are people. Yeah, yeah. But Oklahoma is different for some reason. And it's probably why I've stayed. I don't yeah. Know. I, I've heard people say he's like the most relaxed people I've ever met were... Yeah. Okies. And I think there's a few reasons before that. And, I like, and I'll tell you one thing. I was kind of intimidated because I listened to uh, Marilyn A. Hudson. Yeah. I listened to that podcast. I'm like, man, she's done a lot of research. So I don't want to say anything like, oh, this is why, this is why. Because like, she like literally had done her research on Oklahoma. Uh, but like, um, what was it? Like we weren't, there was there was battles in the Civil War. Yeah. But, like we didn't have oh, yeah. the Civil War here. So like, we're a new state. Like yeah, we've only been, territory. yeah, we've only been around since 1907. And the other thing that's really cool is like um, liberated slaves called Oklahoma the Promised Land. Yeah. I think that's so cool. And then the other thing that's cool, I mean, there's a few things. Um, Okies, that was uh, a, a derogative 
I, 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 I've written the word I haven't pronounced it ever. Uh, like it was an insult in California, but like we've taken an insult and said, hey, we're Okies. Right. We're Okies. And right. that, that's cool. And then the other thing that's cool about Okies is like we literally had an exodus and a return. So yeah. a lot of people with a Dust Bowl went to California, Washington, Oregon, went to the West Coast and came back. Yep. And then, um, and so like we, we've, like culturally, we've been through some stuff together. And then, uh, so it, it's a cool melting pot. So like you had people um, going west and it, I don't know. And the other thing that's cool about Oklahoma is like people talk about where like in parts of parts of Texas, they'll say it's cool because it's where the south meets the west. Mm. And you can, I guess, probably say that about Oklahoma too. But I think what's cool is, and I, and probably some geologist or some geography guy will want to punch me in the mouth when I say this. But at the mountain ranges out in western Oklahoma, they're like an archipelago. Right. And I've heard that those are kind of like the Rocky Mountains where it's just like randomly up there. Like the Wichita y yeah. Mountains. And then so you've got that on the west side. And then on the east side, you've got the Ozarks and those tie into the Appalachians, yep. which is so you yep. you could almost say that we, we have a bit of east meets west here. As a, as a location manager, uh, one of the things that we tell movie productions who want to come to Oklahoma is that we have eight geographical areas you can film in. Yeah. If you want to film something that looks like Dune, we have that. Yeah. If you want to film something that looks a little tropical, jungle-ish, we have that. Mm -hmm. If you want mountains, we have that. So, yeah, it's it's like a weird mix. And the further west you go, the stranger I think it gets. Yeah, yeah. Because it starts to flatten out. You get desert. You get different, you know, the Wichita Mountains you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, Fort Sills down there. Yeah. Where Geronimo's buried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have, I think it's Mount Scott. Mm -hmm. That's right by the base, um, with a with, with a lake in front of it. I mean, there's just so much down there uh, to check out. Yeah. And I think I read we have. God, I'm gonna get this wrong. I'm sure, but I think I read we had 67 different species of snake. Oh wow! In Oklahoma. Yeah. So maybe a crack snake or something. Crack snake needs yeah. to be needs to be on the list, but. Oh, Oklahoma is so interesting because it, it, it truly is a military state as well. Yeah. And multiple bases, lots of units. The 45th is from here, yeah. which is historic. Yeah. Um, Tinker Air Force Base. There's a training Air Force Base here. Altus is a big Air Force Base. I mean, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So it's easy to find stuff to throw into your books when you're coming up with things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, uh so I was I was in the Oklahoma Army National Guard, the 45th liberated Italy, and then like two days later, that's when the D-Day invasion. So people kind of forget about, but the liberation of Italy, that a lot of that was, and the liberation of Dachau, and hopefully that's not too heavy for the podcast, yeah. but the liberation of Dachau was the, the 45th. That's right. Um, so it's, Oklahoma's got a lot of history in a short amount of time. Yeah. Like I said, uh, state, it became a state in 1907, and then, um, uh, I just went blank. Uh, one of the first human beings in outer space was... Uh, uh, Stafford? Was it Stafford? Uh, he, he lived in Shawnee. Um, uh, Gordon Cooper. Cooper. That's Gordon right. Cooper. Yeah. First homo sapiens in space. Yeah, they, they, there's a technology center school named after yeah. him. Yeah. And uh, talk about the 45th. Um, 
Brigadier General Thomas Mancino's son, Tom Mancino, is now commander of the 45th. So Thomas Mancino was commander during Desert Storm. Now his son, Tom Mancino, oh, is wow. commander of the 45th. So I don't yeah. know how many units have had father-son commanders. Yeah. And he's actually, uh, the new uh, commander is also the uh, pageant general of, of Oklahoma. So, yeah, a lot of history, a lot of good stuff. And it's funny you brought up Miss um, Hudson and her research uh, because when I was done with that, I went back and listened. And I, I guess maybe at the time I didn't realize it, but, man, she puts in so many hours of research and just yeah. getting it right and you know learning things and she's even posted photos of her at like gardeners buying old books and different things to research so yeah um i have a project that i'm working on it's a it's a true story really happened Mm -hmm. but it's i've got fictional pieces that i'm adding to it yeah and so it's so you know we'll see where that goes but um do you see yourself ever jumping into something else you mentioned your buddy whiskey flowers doing you know sci-fi but he loves westerns i mean do you ever see yourself jumping into something else and giving it a shot uh yeah because i i at this time i only have three books out and a a fourth one coming out and there's some things that i i want to do a western just because i grew up watching john wayne and i'm from oklahoma so i've uh, i thought that was kind of interesting and and maybe like uh I like James Elroy. He wrote uh, L.A. Confidential. Right. Maybe uh, I've always thought because I did a, a ride along with a campus police officer. Yeah. Like that you could you could go with like a normal route of crime with uh, campus police because there's like so much interesting stuff there. But at the same time, a campus police officer chasing down a mad scientist professor would be really cool. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I'm still learning. Um, but yeah, crime, uh, maybe crime, but more like a Western, a mix of like a Western and noir. I've thought about that like more than once. You think you could do comedy? Uh, it's so hard. Yeah, it's not it's, easy. No, that's what I've heard. It's like Norm MacDonald. Uh, uh, I've, I've listened to his stand up and he said that uh, comedy is weird because you are because um, like if I write something about someone shooting someone with a, a shotgun it's like okay they read that that's cool but if you're a comedian it's dependent on you making someone making a noise like they have to laugh right and it's like that's why it's so hard yeah. and uh he said like i know not everybody likes saturday night live but he's like i love saturday night live because and this is what norman mcdonald said he's like i love saturday night live because people can bomb you can bomb on Saturday Night Live, and there's no laugh track. Yeah, like if it's bad, no one's laughing. Right, right. and um, so that's that's kind of interesting. Norm's Norm's been, uh, him, Sam Kennison. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Early in their careers, they would walk rooms, like they would get up on stage and start their their routine, mm-hmm. and people would get up and leave. Oh wow! They'd get up and walk out. Yeah, you know, and and. Uh, you're out there all alone. I mean, mm-hmm. you're out there by yourself and you're trying to tell jokes or stories and make people laugh. And Yeah. Imagine, um, so in the moment, to me, I think that would actually be easier than to sit down and try and write something funny. Because yeah. in the moment, I can crack a joke. I can try to make something funny. Yeah. But when I've got time to sit and like dwell on it and think about it and then go, ah, it's not really funny that way. Let me try it this way. Yeah. 
And it's still, maybe it's funny to me, but might not be funny to a reader. Yeah. So writing comedy is not easy. No, I, I, I don't think I would, especially now, because I, I watched, like, I watched a lot of YouTube, because when I first uh, was learning how to write, um, you know, Brandon Sanderson's entire BYU creative writing classes, his entire course is online. Yeah. And I've watched the whole thing. And then, so I started with a, a girl named Jenna Morosi. Learned a lot from her, and then I watched uh, Brandon Sanderson, and then I would also listen to like creative types and things like that, and um, like comedy movies. Like they're, uh, it sounds like those don't happen anymore because we have uh, net not Netflix, but like comedy D- TV shows and like uh, actual comedy movie is. Uh, not so much anymore uh, not going to happen as much anymore because like you have like the small bits of right. college humor and things like that yeah, yeah. and so like I would I'd, it would be really tough because I wouldn't know how to market a comedy book either it's like <laughs> right. like who reads because I, I don't think I've read uh, comedy um, so like you'd have to find the market and all that and do you like, think you could get up on stage and tell a joke I uh, uh, Actually, I think I, I do because um, one of the one of the police academies I went to. Um, now I, I got help with it, but they were uh, we were supposed to uh, make a joke. It was like, okay, what you're going to do? Here's your assignment, Chapman. And of course, that's my my actual name. You're going to make a joke for every single person in the class, and you're going to tie them to a superhero. Like, okay. And so I stayed up like till midnight and then i had a friend who is i won't say his name but he was a really he was a guy i respected and um but he was he was getting kind of i wouldn't say older but he had shoulder surgery mm-hmm. and people would give him grief about it all the time and i was like i won't say his, uh, i i'll say his first name his first name was micah he's like micah it's it's been amazing seeing you man I, I knew you in college and to watch you grow and mature like you were a really good platoon leader and then you're a leader here in the academy and you know what you know who i say you're like you're like superman after he's been exposed to red kryptonite lost all his powers fell off a diving board and broke his shoulder that's who you're like right. and then uh so it was but like i had to write all that out and like that was not in the moment or anything like yeah, that yeah so that that would be tough though and like the other thing that i've learned about writing is it's like it's a team effort and so that would be if I if I ever did like stand up comedy like I would want um, I would want like a team like hey what do you think about this like no no right so and then so, the, sometimes yeah. comedy just happens though yeah yeah do you ever find that in your books that, that sometimes there's just a funny moment uh, yeah and unfortunately I don't have it um, I don't have uh, one of my books with me but um, so in, in law enforcement, like like I said, you, you have to be able to joke about some things. You wouldn't joke about publicly. Yes. Yeah. And so and that's like where I'm like, oh, should I tell this or not? But it, like um, in the book, uh, I was writing it, and uh, there's two characters that people really like, and there's Zorin and Doran. So they're based on uh, Gloin and the the twins from The Hobbit that were dwarves, yeah. uh, uh, Philly and Killy. But in my book, they're uh, Zorin and Doran, and one is a uh, dwarf that's more steampunk, and one is a, another one that is based on Psycho Billy, 
like so like you know psycho billy oh, yeah. right okay. okay so they're they're brothers identical twins the steampunk guy doesn't talk but the uh the psycho billy guy does yeah and like i got into psycho billy music there for a while i never dressed that way but i listened to it a lot <laughs> and so anyways like uh they were always joking around and then one of the characters was saying like yeah it's like you you have to joke around and he talks about like when you discover a dead body dead bodies pass gas and like See, it's you, already funny yeah it's already funny it's like if you but if you don't if you don't laugh at a body doing that you're watching a body decompose right you have to laugh at that right. otherwise your brain's like what yeah. are you doing and so it's like and then he said that's what zorn and dorn are they're my own personal death parts yeah <laughs> so and then like i, I don't know it, it would be like I would have to have a team and stuff like that, but I think it would be kind of interesting. So, is but, there something that you're reading right now? Oh yeah. Um, so, are uh, you a constant reader? Yes, because I, I learned. Uh, James Elroy said um, uh, he had a uh, like I said, always trying to watch YouTube clips. James Elroy said, "My advice to readers: read, 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 read." And then uh, Stephen King says, "Read every day, write every day." Now, there's some other people that say you don't have to do that, but. Um, I, I feel like imitating James Delroy and Stephen King in some ways uh, is, a, is a good thing. Um, and uh, so right now um, I'm reading uh, Gods of Mars by Edgar Rice Burroughs. And Edgar Rice Burroughs is a really interesting guy. Uh, reading, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, reading uh, James Elroy um, uh, and then reading a uh, Indiana Jones uh, novel. That's really cool. That uh, I'm reading this uh, novel. Um, it's an Indiana Jones, and it's basically it came out and after Disney had acquired the rights, and it's about Indiana Jones stopping the Imperial Japan and Nazi Germany from uh, finding a relic that enables them to control a zombie army. I was like, wow. oh, that is so cool. It's a good mix. Yeah. And, and of course, they're not going to make the movie based on that, which, like, I, and I, I'm like, that would be like a legal question. It's like, hey, well, like, you have a novel in this universe. Why don't you just make the movie off right. of that? Right. Um, and I'm sure there's a reason why they can't. Uh, but, like, anyway, so, like, yeah. So, and then, um, uh, I, I, you know, I, another book, because I'll, my job requires me to drive a little bit. So uh, at my lunch break, I'll listen to audiobooks. I, and then I, I drove a long way up here and listened to uh, reading a little bit about Vichy France. Okay. And that one's, uh, that one's, that one's really depressing though. <laughs> and so, and you know what? I, I was thinking about that um, is like, you have nonfiction and things like that. And the question that I've thought to myself about is like, what capital, what social capital does, a fiction writer bring to the table mm -hmm. and uh fiction there's one thing that i think does better um with the exception of uh, like the the bible is fiction teaches teaches compassion way better than nonfiction because mm -hmm. nonfiction yeah. is depressing right and it's like i remember like i, I used to love to read uh because being a military military army you're taught to read a lot of history, but it gets really depressing after a while. Sure. And I was reading books about the Civil War and the Korean War, two like most depressing conflicts ever. And eventually, I was like, "Man, I can't do this." And so that's when I started reading stuff. But um, like, for instance, Darth Vader. Uh, Darth Vader like commits genocide in that universe, but the the audience 
still can feel compassion for him. And um, the, the best example I can think of is obviously To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. And you have To Kill a Mockingbird and uh, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. And um, that takes a con, uh, complicated situation and, and makes those people real. Right. And like To Kill a Mockingbird is not a judgmental piece at all. It's saying like the metaphor in there is the dog with the, the uh, rabies and um, I also read a, a really good book on rabies. That was that was yeah. really interesting. But anyway, it's yeah. good research. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so like the dog with the rabies, they're saying these are good people, but they've got the infection of of what's going on in society right, right. now. And so like that's that's what I, I love about fiction is it like you learn more compassion yeah. than yeah. Like I said, with the exception of the Bible, like most nonfiction is is pretty depressing yeah. a lot of times. So you learn compassion for people. yeah I, when you said that fiction being more compassionate i immediately thought of tarantino's once upon a time in hollywood where he changes the story of the reality of what took yeah. place flips it on its head and it has it has that fairy tale ending it has yeah, that happy yeah. ending you know um which i don't know if you've seen or not yeah, yeah. great movie um they spend so much money on those things. It's it's crazy how much detail they have in them, and you know the stuff that they put in them. But um, what what is going to be like your? You said you're almost you're thirty seven, almost forty, yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. Um, when do you think you yourself are going to be where you can say, yeah, I'm. I'm pretty good at this. Like, is it, are you already there or do you think you've got, you've got some growing to do? I, I think I have some growing to do because Edgar Rice Burroughs, he said, man, I read trash. Like Edgar Rice Burroughs said that. And like, if Edgar Rice Burroughs says that, like, I don't know. And and then I've heard uh, Dan Cook talk about Jerry Lewis and Jerry Lewis and like his last bits uh, was complaining about people cutting up his bit. And he was still, um, of course, like every Every other American male, I've I've uh, learned a little bit about Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. and he's always saying you gotta stay hungry, you gotta stay hungry. Right. So I don't think I'll ever be at a point of like Stallone's yeah. that way. Yeah, you know, always working, always trying to get better, always trying yeah. to do something. And and I don't know if you're this way or not, but a lot of writers, a lot of people who who try to write or do write, the process, they kind of beat themselves up through mm-hmm. it, like no sleep constantly going over it in your head playing scenes in your head what would this character do in you know in, in this universe um and then you put it down and you might hate it and delete yeah. all of it yeah. and then you know start over so so you have to be able to not only um kind of big picture things but you got to be okay with beating yourself up a little bit yeah do you you beat yourself up don't you i mean i know i do um not as much as you'd think because in my my other careers I've really beat myself up that's the discipline of the yeah. military yeah right it, oh man so like it, like talking about humility like like I said going into my high school I remember like there was some amazing athletes and amazing musicians I I knew people who had because uh, Ponca City was crazy because you could do both band and orchestra yeah and I knew people who would get uh I, I um, there was a girl who got all state on oboe and violin. Another girl that got 
all in the same year, all state on bassoon and violin. And then uh, one of my other friends, she got all state on violin and viola in the same year. And then um, I can't remember where I was going with that. But like, so I beat myself up there and like, I'm writing Meth Gator. So like, I'm going to get beat up there. So like, I, I don't think I'm going to beat up myself too much on that because like I see the big picture yeah, and that's the, that's, that's another thing is like seeing the big picture because when you're growing up doing music, uh, I've had friends that played music in college and they would be performing for a PhD and like, I don't know about you, but like, I would never want to like write something. I would never want a piece of music to be dedicated to someone who has a PhD. It's right. like, I'm yeah. sorry. Like you, yeah. you have a PhD, you're, you're, you're good. But like, um, in music, like if you're like, if you went and played at a nursing home and those people like this reminded me of when I was a kid, yeah, right. that's who you're playing for. Yeah. And so my, I would never like, I'm sure I would get torn up in a creative writing class or something like that. But if I think about the people that I'm writing for, that's who, so I'm not going to beat myself up too much because, um, I feel like I'm wasting time if I'm not getting to the, the person yeah. that actually likes it. Right. Right. Do, do you want to do, one book a year, two books a year. What do you, I, what are you thinking? I like one book a year. I, I have a friend that does multiple books and I, I just can't do that yet. Cause I'm, I'll do like 10 minutes a day, right? Uh, a little bit every day. Um, and I, I think like one book a year, but like he, he will build it up a year and then start editing another part of the year. Maybe I could do it that way, but probably just one book a year mm. until like, I, I still, still have a lot to learn. And I still have like, a full-time job and in the reserve or the national guard. So the, the, the job and the, and the service are all getting in the way right now yeah, of, of yeah. being able to pump books out. And, and, you know, for you, I mean, you're, you're, you're at an, an age and you're, you know, at a, at a place in life where, you know, you get one, one done a year, you're going to reach that point where you're going to want two a year. You yeah. might want three a year, you know, and before you know it, you are pumping books out and that, possibly does become your profession yeah because it happens more often than not it's yeah. tough to get published don't get me wrong yeah it's very tough to get published you can go on amazon and e-publish and mm -hmm. do those things but to be picked up by someone who's gonna not just print books but also help you in marketing and those those things it's very tough yeah it's not easy to do yeah um and that's why i like listening to brandon sanderson's class because he talks about that he's like hey in college People will tell you, he's like, so Brandon Sanderson was a smart guy. His mom was like, go be a doctor, go be something. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's like, no, you know what, mom, I, I think I want to be a writer. And of course, she was being a good mom. She was caring for him. And he's like, oh, man. Uh, so, but he said he took that creative writing class. He's like, uh, a class of 25, five of us are now doing it full time. And, um, and he, he's, and he talked about like the, the need and I've heard this and this, this will sound kind of off subject, but not like, um, recovery groups for people who've had cancer. Like mm -hmm. if they get a fellowship of other and they talk through it, their recovery is like through the roof mm -hmm. and with writers is, uh, you, you should talk to other writers yeah. like all the time. Yeah. And, but one thing that's tough is, uh, the beta readers, I have like two or three beta readers that are like absolutely better than me like like a lot better than me 
And I was like, oh, man. Like, uh, there's this woman that I, I know online. And I, I've never met her in person, but uh, communicate uh, online. And she writes, uh, quote, unquote, cozy, uh, cozy ministries. And her writing is so much better than mine. And I'm like, hey, can you edit Meth Gator for me? Right. right. And, but like I said, I want to write good trash. So, like, um, so like talking to her is a really good thing. But yeah. I also need to realize, like, um, her market is not the same as mine. It's difficult to get other people's writing um, because it's so, it, 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 while it's fiction, mm-hmm. it's still personal to you. Yeah. You're yeah. the one that did it. Yeah. Because I get scripts all the time of guys going, hey, will you look this over for me and let me know what you think? And then the first line of my re- my reply is, don't take anything that I say personal. Yeah. Because if I notice something or I see something that's off or something I don't like, mm-hmm. it's not personal. Yeah. It's not, it's not an attack against you. It's mm-hmm. me going, if I were writing this, this is how I would say it or this is what I would do. It's not. And so it's a very difficult process you kind of put yourself out there a little oh, bit yeah yeah and then when you think it is ready you even put yourself out there even more because now you're you're it's not your beta writer no it's the world yeah. who gets to read it and see it yeah and critique it and trust me they will critique yeah they will yeah. critique um i want to encourage everybody i don't know what where are we out on time aaron i want to encourage everybody um if you're in the tulsa area if you're in eastern oklahoma you're not going to be doing anything Saturday. I mean, let's be honest. You, it could be raining. I don't know. You're not going to be doing anything. Head over to Gardner's Used Books and Music, 4421 South Mingo Road in Tulsa. See this guy right here, 10 a.m. to 12. He's going to be signing copies of the books. You're going to be selling books, right? Mm-hmm. You can buy a copy. How much? Eight dollars. Eight bucks. Well, you can't. You can't even buy a magazine for eight. Well, you can buy. You can buy New Noise for eight bucks, but you. You can't get a good book anymore for for that price. So go get this book, have have him sign it for you, uh, drop him a note, or you know bring him uh, bring him a, a cold beverage for him to uh, enjoy while he's sitting there because he's going to be there for a couple hours doing this. And uh, man, I, I hope I hope you get a good turnout. Oh, thank get you. Get that swell, that momentum going, and before you yeah. know it, you know we. Meth Meth Gator is right behind it. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. That's the yeah. one. That, I, I mean, I'm still gonna. I'll, I'll probably show up Saturday. By the way. All right. Um, but but I I I I'm I'm excited for number two now. I'm excited for Meth Gator. Yeah, that that one was some interesting research as well. So and you'll you'll get to see it. But well, when um when this comes out, which will probably be tonight or tomorrow, I'm thinking, um. We're going to link everybody to you. We're going to drive some traffic over to your Facebook page, and we'll put the link in there so they can find you. And, uh, man, you're going to have to come back here and next time you're stomping around Oklahoma. Okay. And uh, we'll have you back on. Who knows, maybe by then we'll be doing some Bigfoot stuff or something. Uh, yeah. You know, you ever seen Bigfoot? I got to ask. You no, I, I haven't, but um, one of my really good friends had a uh, idea for a story and that, like i think i need to push him to it he's like it's uh i won't it's not don't give it away no no i, I won't but he's got a bigfoot story that like a coming of age bigfoot story yeah that would be like really cool That's and like he needs to, yeah he needs to write it but no I, I i haven't um so it was weird because sasquatch got uh there's like been a lot of sightings in mccurtain oak uh, mccurtain county mm-hmm. that wasn't happening when i was living in oklahoma 
and then like they started picking up more yeah. Yeah. i guess so like now i'm like wait what like and then there's sasquatch signs everywhere yeah. so that's that's yeah. been really interesting yeah it's it's uh you know tv shows movies there's all kinds of stuff you mentioned mccurtain county which is southeastern oklahoma mm-hmm. um there's a bigfoot cat they call it the bigfoot capital down there yeah um broken bow ida bell mm-hmm. ida bell has a gas squatch there's a gas station yeah with like a 60 foot uh bigfoot i didn't realize standing out yeah. by the road oh wow. no, it's like a giant bigfoot yeah 60 feet tall holding like a gas pump oh wow yeah and they call it gas squatch gas squatch yeah so yeah. if you're ever in that area meth gator actually a large portion of takes place in idabelle well they have so. gators down there yeah and that's that's what's so cool about another thing that's cool about oklahoma there is alligators in oklahoma yeah so i think it's Wright city which is like right in the corner mm-hmm. um i've seen pictures of what happens when it when they freeze there yeah and their snouts are sticking out of the ice yeah it's crazy yeah how is that even physically possible i i i don't know but like i've seen that Gators are dinosaurs yeah basically yeah i don't know how it happens but it does and you can go fact check that if you want to um man thanks well thank you so much thanks for, having for coming me. in yeah absolutely it's been great um again we're going to link everything on the facebook page you guys go check this man out um Pen name Ethan Richards. Uh, you can look him up. It's on Amazon, The Dark Lord of Oklahoma, an unconventional story. Also, The Dark Elf of Oklahoma, an unconventional sequel. Just get both of those and get those out of the way so you can get Call Lake and Meth Gator when it comes out and do those as a pair as well. So, for Ethan Richards, I'm Brad Heath. That's Aaron the Baron. We'll see you guys next time.